Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to another fantastic episode of Tackling a New Kingdom. I am your host, Tank Johnson, and today, today we got a real throwback and a relic, a Hall of Famer in due time, and a person that has more legendary stories about them than just about anybody <laughs> I know, my brother, Olin Cruz. OG, how you doing, baby? I'm doing good, man. I, I don't know if the legendary stories are all, they're not all good. That's the problem, right? But uh, we, hey, Tank, we did it. We did the way we could do it. And we just let, we let the chips fall where they may. Fall where they may. Well, it's an honor to have you on Tackling a New Kingdom, and I'm excited to get going. Uh, OG, on this show, we tackle three very important buckets, something current, something real, and finally, something controversial. And today, in tackling something current, I would love to talk the state of our Chicago Bears. Uh, mm -hmm. What are you seeing or not seeing from the bottom to the top of the organization that's causing us to kind of be in this stall where we're in right now? Yeah, a little background on where the Bears are, right, is that they had to fire, you know, Coach Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace because they were moving in the wrong direction, right? If you ask me, uh, they kept them a year too long. So when you keep a, a guys a year too long, uh, they mortgaged the franchise to try to win that year, yeah. right? So they did that. They mortgaged the franchise. They bet on a lot of guys they shouldn't have. And now here we are in this huge talent deficit back with the young quarterback. Is he the guy? Is he not the guy? Is he surrounded by enough talent? The answer is obvious. It's no. Uh, they don't have a lot of resources in their offensive line. They don't have a lot of resources in their wide receiver. They don't have a lot of guys where you get the ball to and they go 88 out the gate. Uh, they're struggling scoring points again this year, Tank. Uh, I think they're averaging 18 a game. That seems to be the story. Every year you watch the Chicago Bears, where can they find points under what rock will they find points? So it's an organization that hasn't been run well for a long time, continues to be moving. Hopefully, Ryan Poles, the new general manager who they hired, he's going to have a lot of money next year under the salary cap. Hopefully it brings in guys, starts to draft a little better on both sides of the line. Because here's the problem right now. Usually, as you know, with a Chicago Bear team, offense struggles a little bit, but that defense, you can count on them. This defense can't stop the run. That's a big problem. They, don't have, they didn't get let, Larry Ogunjobi now. Um, that was a big loss for them when he failed their physical. As you know, better than anybody. That three technique in this cover two scheme, this Matt Eberflus, Lovey Smith, Rod Mer, whatever you want to talk about. Huge, hugely important. So we got Justin Jones there. Pretty good player, but not not dynamic like a Tommy Harris, like a Tank Johnson. Not a guy you got a double team. Not a guy who will blow up plays. So the defense can't stop the run. They can't get the quarterback. They can't get pass rush. Uh, they, they have a lot of problems, Tank, on their team this year. It is a rebuilding year. The problem is, gosh, I hope they didn't have Justin Fields take a step back so they could rebuild next year, man. I hope that this guy makes it through the year. I hope that it continues to develop because did you see that 52-yard run that got called back last week? Yes, yes, yes. What in the Randall Cunningham and Michael Vick was that? Man. Holy, I mean, he broke out. Bro, he was gone. Yeah, yeah. You know, he's talented. And and that, and that's uh, – I guess that's the point is that uh, – is that the biggest secret uh, in the Bears community is that we are rebuilding because mm -hmm. we knew when we got a new general manager that the team was going to take a – new direction is, is it just that it's going to take a couple of years to come to fruition and we have to just hold on and wait and see yeah because look like you know better than anybody and i know you're asking this for your listeners like you know 
You need guys on your team, top 10 in their position in the league. And then you need a Hall of Famer somewhere to be a good football team. The Bears don't really have anybody on offense who you can say, man, look at that guy. Maybe David Montgomery. What's what's up with that heavy-footed tight end? Colette or whatever. Cole Komet. Cole he's – you know, it's just kind of like – that's what I'm saying. Like these young guys, tank, like you know, your first couple of years, you're kind of finding your way, and then boom, you develop, right? And but, you're but, like, my, Man. but my feet weren't heavy. His feet are seem right. to be heavy. Is, is he wearing yeah. shoes too big? <laughs> you, you start to wonder about him, right? Like he, he does catch the ball, he does break a few tackles. He's just not dynamic yet in the pass game, and they don't have, you know, Mooney did have that one-handed grab, very good receiver. Is he a number one receiver, right? Across the offensive line, they don't have anybody top 15, I would say, in their position across the board, right? Guys have to develop. Guys have to get better. Uh, defensively, you could argue for Roquan and you can argue for Jalen, but you would argue, right? It was, it's not just like, man, look, Brian Urlach is the best in the league. Boom. Right. Sorry, it's over. That's it. Peanut Tillman is one of the best in the league. Tang Johnson, Tommy Harris, Adewale Gunlier. I mean, it's just they don't have these guys. So, yes, are they developing? Yes. Do they have to develop young players? Yes, something they haven't done. And then they have to dip into the free agent market and add some guys that can either protect the quarterback or get to the quarterback. Because right now, their offensive and defensive line is a liability. Well, see, this is something that I noticed about uh, our Huskies this year, and this kind of correlates to Lovey's team. If a team is playing a brand of ball that's decent and they're losing – then, then there's optimism for the fans, right? So, like, it's mm-hmm. like, oh, you know, we may have lost, but, you know, our guys are flying around. We're just one or two position guys away. Uh, do you do you feel like are we losing with a good brand of football or has that yet to be developed? Yeah, they're playing the brand of football that me and you know really well, right? And they're running the ball. They're actually the first three or okay. four weeks, they ran the hell out of the ball, right? right they, hey. They've been running the ball really well. Now the Giants and Don Wink, Martindale, and then they go up to play Minnesota. And Ed Donatelle, the defense corner, just said, look, man, nah, that's enough. I don't care if you go to nickel, we're going big. So uh, Wink Martindale said before the game, talk about the Giants defense corner. He said, look, I'm going to play two things, big and really big. And he did. He just took away – Look, if an NFL team wants to take something away, they can. Here's the problem with the Bears. They don't have an old lineman who can go really go one-on-one with somebody, right? So they got to slide the line. They got to get chips. They got to get help. Well, like you know, Tank, if you don't have to go nickel, the old lineman, the center taps his head. You know what that means? That's five down. Hold your ass. Everyone's got one-on-ones. One-on-one. They don't, have to, they don't have to take a D-line. They don't have to take one of those outside linebackers out or, or nose tap. They leave all five on the field in nickel, and now – everyone's one-on-one and you got a problem uh, in the backfield, no matter who you are. If you don't have to go nickel, you're just in trouble. So right. the Bears are playing that. They got to get more takeaways. They got to get pass rush. But we, you can see what they're trying to do. It's just, do they have the talent? Do they have the, is Getz, is Getzy the guy? Is Fields the guy? This team, if I told you I knew what direction they're moving or what they're going to be in a couple of years, I'd be lying to you. I have no idea what this team's going to be. Well, uh, as a lifelong Bears fan and a former Bear, you know, we just hope that they get it together uh, Mm -hmm. sooner rather than later, okay? In transitioning into something real. Brother O, at the Mm -hmm. wonderful University of Washington, your stories are something of legend. Oh, my God. Let's take a trip down memory from memory lane and find out just how many of those stories are true 
and how many were just made up to the Lord. So I got a couple. Okay. So okay. there's a, there was a great story about you famously punching someone through a wall in the crew house. True or false? <laughs> I mean, I, I I mean, no one, no athletes even stayed in the crew house anymore. Right. And when I when right. I got there, that, people came and said uh -huh. that Olin Cruz punched through that wall. Tell me about that story. I I think that I think actually like you're saying now the athletes when I got there, they, we didn't stay in the crew house anymore. So I think that one is false. Okay. Good. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, we did say we ate at we ate at the crew house like when we had special events. Okay. But we didn't we didn't we didn't stay there anymore. I think now I don't want to say a name, but I think that's another guy from Hawaii because I had heard that story too, but that's somebody else. It, not not your twin or nothing like that. No, he was actually a lot bigger than me. He was actually a lot bigger than I am. Okay. Uh, let's see. It, here's another story. Uh, mm -hmm. Back in Hawaii, you were a famous bare knuckle brawler at the tender age of three years old. Is that? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, uh, I just I made that one up. I hey, made that one hey, up. But this uh, is like the uh, the Braveheart one where the guy pulls up and he's like, "You're William Wallace," and he was like, "Yeah, I heard." Yeah, trust I, me, I've heard stories about myself. I don't even know if it's true. I, well, that's that brings me perfectly segue to my next question. Is there mm -hmm. like, you know, during your time at UW, like what was it mm -hmm. about that time that uh, made, I mean, that generation of guys so special because the the stories and the history and the traditions permeated right on through 2000. What was it about mm -hmm. those that time with Coach Lambright that uh, was so special for you guys? You know, just being a young, I was young, you know, my parents were getting divorced. It was just a different time in everybody's life. And the guys on the team at that time, the coaching staff would tell you that we take the guys nobody else wants, right? Because how do you out-recruit USC? How do you out-recruit Arizona, Arizona State when you go there and it's sunny and it's beautiful, right? So uh, they have to take the guys that are kind of borderline. Uh, are, are we going to be good students? Or maybe we have a little bit of a checkered past. So we had a lot of interesting characters on our team. You know, Bob Sapp was on the team with me on the offensive line. We had Chorak on the other side. We had a bunch of guys, man, uh, that were just an interesting group of guys. But um, guys who love football, guys who love to play the game, guys who love to compete. Uh, Jim Lambert, like to say, he wanted the 53 toughest sons of bitches on that bus when he left on Friday, Thursday or Friday. And there were a lot of guys that were um, were tough guys in a sense, just from from guys who liked who liked the violence of the game, who liked the action, who liked to get involved in things. And when you're that age, and you put a lot of those guys together, a, a lot of stories can come from that, as you can imagine. Oh, I can imagine. You know, you are you know one of those players from the proud, proud heritage and tradition of, of Hawaii, and mm -hmm. the you know we 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 recruit so many guys from Hawaii and there's just a very storied past. Now I'm going to give you my opinion. Okay. I, mm -hmm. I feel like after like one or two out of six guys from Hawaii actually pan out and become good players in college. Do you, do you, what is it about leaving that Island that like mm -hmm. either makes guys kind of get homesick what do you think goes on there? 
Well, it's, it's not, I think I, I know uh, what happens to Hawaii kids. And it happened to me my first year at Washington, right? And it's just, um, we're so used to the island style of living. I, I really never left the island until I came to the University of Washington. But um, the pace is so much slower. Uh, people are very, much more respectful. No one really gets in your face. I remember the first time I went to shake hands and like, you know, they squeeze my hand real hard. And you're like, that's not a man's handshake. And you want to punch the guy. Like, guys, like, in Hawaii, we don't, you know, we don't shake hands like that. So uh, it's just a different culture. It just has to get used to it. And then um, as a Polynesian, you're brought up to be very close to your family, uh, re- reliant on them, loyal to them. And now all of a sudden you're by yourself, um, away from home, different weather. Uh, no, no, none of your family's really there. And, and really, to be honest with you, man, like, um, it's not like we're chasing the same goals everybody else is chasing, right? Our goal is just to be part of a family. Uh, to be part of a family atmosphere. And, you know, we don't, you know, football, uh, uh, school, is that we want to do that stuff. But more important to us is our family. More important to us is representing the island and showing everybody about our culture and our people. So it's really hard for, for Hawaii kids to get there. And like you're saying, a lot of them wash out. But I would argue that if you did a look at most places, they're, they're about two out of six, right? No matter where you get somebody from. Sure. So um, sure. Hawaii kids now... Uh, when you bring, but but it seems like with social media, with more guys getting away. I remember Dominic was one, Dominic Raiola was one of the first guys to go to Nebraska. He went a little farther than I went. Um, you know, I wanted to go home myself when I when I when I first got to Washington. I was like, this is just this is just not for me. This is not the way I was raised, not the way I grew up. So, like you're saying, I guess simply, it's just a culture difference, right? Just something you have to get used to. Luckily for me, I actually chose the University of Washington because there were 600 Hawaii students at the school at that time they consider Polynesian a minority. So they had let uh, had helped kids get into the school. So I'd go into the lunchroom and there'd be two tables of Hawaii kids. And that really did help me out. I think if I went somewhere and there wasn't a lot of Hawaii kids, I'll be honest with you, I probably wouldn't have made it. Yeah, and that's, and that's a fascinating thing that a player like yourself that is, uh, you know, a technician, uh, strong and all that would have literally given up that for your heritage and and that's what i see i see so much passion uh and and family uh i was just looking at chad owens is chad owens running for some type of like political person hawaii right now i don't know if chad is uh he might be the last time i was home uh, he was coaching my son was playing in the polynesian bowl and he was one of the coaches on the field so that's the last time i got to see him and talk to him i haven't talked to him in a while but uh, he might be, but 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 like you're saying, man, I mean, I got there, Kaika Malloy, who's a coach at UCLA now, Patrick, the two Kessie brothers, right, Patrick and Petroselli, Inc. Inc. Aliaga, who I think still works at the University of Washington. Uh, these uh, Tyler Hope was my, my roommate. Tyler Hope now, interesting story, my roommate was a guy I knew from when I was like eight, right, so that helped. So I played Little League with him. I moved in with him after I was the first Washington guy ever to live off a of campus. I got thrown out of everywhere. So <laughs> after one year, but, um, but you're right. There, there is a lot to that. There is a lot to having a support system for Hawaii kids. I get called a lot now, to be honest with you, Tank. I get called a lot to talk to these kids that are about to say, you know, I'm out of here. I'm done. And I get called from coaches all over the place. And they're like, Olin, will you talk to this kid? And the number one thing I hear is I don't trust them anymore. Right. I, like Hawaii people are so loyal, uh, so attached to people that when things change so fast, uh, they're not a, they're not used to that. So you got kind of got to talk them through it and just make sure you're doing what's best for you. Go to school, stay on the team, 
support your teammates, worry about being good at football, and things will work out. But uh, I get a lot of phone calls like that. Well, you know, as a member of the University of Washington, a large majority of my brothers are polys. And to just get a little in-depth into the culture uh, is huge and it's important. And uh, I appreciate you kind of extending mm -hmm. that uh, in tackling something real. And we're going to transition to tackling something controversial. Draymond Green just decided to step away from the uh, Golden State Warriors after TMZ released a shocking video of Dr Draymond Green punching Jordan Poole. You were known as a no-nonsense guy who, you know what, if a guy crossed the line, you might Draymond Green him. Uh, mm -hmm. In your opinion, what I mean, is there a situation on the field or the court that that warrants that type of punch? Or is there a universal rule that you show your teammates mercy? Yeah, I mean, it's hard for a guy like me to say it, right? I've been in trouble twice. So, um, like, you no, know, at the University of Washington. Trouble, incidents. <laughs> incidents, right? But but um, I've been in fights twice. I just got fired from a couple of jobs here in Illinois because <laughs> of my, you know, I, I like, I do have a problem with when people talk too much. I, I'm going to get. I'm going to get in your face. I'm, I, we're going to talk about that in my belief, right? Like, uh, but like you said, Tank, um, and I have six kids now and I do coach kids and I do try to give them advice and I want my kids to be better than I am. And, and when you say, is there, is there a place for that? Um, as a dad, I think I'd be disappointed. If my son punched somebody like that. I think I would be. I'm not, I think I know I would be. I'd be extremely disappointed in him. Now I have this problem, like, you know, Sometimes the way you are raised, right? I tell people, like, my grandma would tell me you should slap that guy, right? So these are things that I have been raised on my whole life. My dad would say, like, you should punch that guy. Like, you shouldn't take that shit from anybody, right? So these are things that are like, like, it's like, it's like breeding. It's like bread in you. And it's things I work on constantly, not getting mad at people, not overreacting, not getting in someone's face. Because, like, you know, I will immediately get in someone's face if I have to, <laughs> right? So, um, and I don't mind the win, the loss, whatever. I, the physical altercation, I don't care. No. I'm going to get in your face, right? Uh, but as a, as a dad, as someone who coaches kids, I'd be disappointed if any of the kids did that. If they punched their teammate, I would be uh, mad. Then my son, um, uh, one of my sons, I won't say the name, he got into a problem at school with one of his teammates, and I was pissed at him, man. I said, we don't, that's not the way we act, right? And then he looked right. at me like, huh? Like, you know what I mean? Like, wait a minute. <laughs> wait a minute. Who, who, who? Anyway, but what I'm saying is, yeah. uh, I guess, you know, I don't know the whole story there. I don't think, you, you know, you don't want to go viciously at somebody unless they're, unless they're attacking you. The two times I got into it, my teammates, they were attacking. We were, we were in a fight. Right. So um, to viciously attack someone like that, to, to throw a full hard punch, somebody to hurt them, uh, that's a little overboard. But, but in the, 20 some odd years I've known you I've never seen you start a fight I've never mm -hmm. seen you cross the line and bring the fight to someone it's normally someone bringing the fight to you and then you subsequently ending their decision to bring the fight to you and you still find a problem and I, I think we're getting so soft because if if you don't pick a fight and someone picks a fight with you for example, like I, I've had some uh, a little bit of inside knowledge of the Draymond Green Jordan Poole situation, and essentially, uh, Jordan Poole has come back to training camp this year, uh, trying to be a veteran and a leader when those guys have that position established. Uh, 
and mm. he's kind of been throwing off the beat of practice, trying to uh, infuse another leader. And, and so the whole team has been tired of him. And so mm -hmm. he jumped out of, you know, you know how it is. Like when I was a rookie and I was going against you and I was trying to, I, I may have beaten you off the ball a little bit and you grabbed my mm. hair and you pulled me down and I turned around to fight and I saw it was you. And I thought for a second, like, do I really want to fight this motherfucker right here? I I'm said, glad you did it. I, I, know said, how tough you were. I was like, fuck, I want to fight this guy. But that's a fight that I'm going to have to finish. So it's like, as a rookie, young player, I knew, hey, you know what? Just stay in your place. Stay in your place. And it seems like he tried to jump out of his place. Do you think that sports has gotten away from the hierarchy with the young guys and the old guys, young guys wanting to be too much too fast. Yeah, I think, I think we've lost a lot of the respect part. And then this is, this goes out through, through everywhere, really. I think people just kind of think they can say whatever they want to you and they hide behind this veil of, well, there's no reason to put your hands on anybody. Right. Well, I mean, you were just running your mouth crazy for the last 20 minutes. Right. right? So eventually like, um, Eventually, you're going to be held accountable for the things you say. Uh, the problem is nowadays, like you know, Tank, uh, not everyone believes that anymore. And it's almost like they've created this atmosphere where they can all talk and say whatever they want, and there's nothing you can do about it. And they can get in your face, and they can do all this stuff. Like you're saying, this young guy, look, I've never woke up in the morning and said, man, I'm going to lead today. Leaders just lead. Leaders just become leaders. You become a leader. Uh, who told this guy? I remember dealing with guys at Hallisall who would come in and finally like we'd become friends. And I said, why, when you came in, why were you such a, like, why were you trying to lead everybody? No one even knew you. And they said, well, the general manager told me to be more of a leader, right? The general manager told me I need to take over the room. So I wonder if that happened with Pooh. I wonder if they told him, we want you to take over. So now like you're saying, like when you look into the story, um, did it, did it come from upstairs? Did they set this thing up? where like you go take over, don't take shit from Draymond. Like somebody was feeding this stuff into this kid's head, right? right. I've never seen a guy in the right. NFL locker room come in there and act like that without someone telling him to, yeah. right? Like like he's gonna run to the front of the line, tell the guys you better get going, you gotta get this, you gotta get that. Um, it's it's To me and now when you say that, I start to wonder, because I went through that a couple of times too with a couple of guys, but they're like, like yelling at the offensive line or telling us to hustle and you're like, who the hell are you? Like, you might want to get like five starts first in the NFL <laughs> yeah. and shut your mouth. You yeah. know, anyway, so that's, that's an interesting point you're making there. Now, um, you know, I don't know how you handle it. Uh, it's just kind of, you know, if someone keeps talking like that and you're getting in someone's face all the time. Uh, don't get shocked when they get, when they get in yours. Yeah, no, I, you know, you know, one of the things that I want to say is, uh, you know, when a rookie gets specifically in the NFL, when a rookie gets drafted to a franchise, you know, the the um, type of veterans and guys that they have in place uh, is going to do a lot for that rookie in terms of the longevity of his career. I remember uh, coming in the locker room with a big ass necklace and you looking at my necklace like. You're gonna you're gonna spend all your fucking money, Tank. What are you gonna What are you doing? And, and it, it was it was just. And then I pulled up in a new BMW, and you're like, another car. How many starts you got, Tank? You got you got more cars than starts, Tank. Uh, listen, I was, I, listen, 
<laughs> Listen, I can't, I can't tell you how many times I got to the building. I got called somewhere and they're like, okay, uh, Tank, we need you to talk. I'm like, hey, guys, I mean, can't talk to Tank every day. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, my God. But uh, I, good I'm, times, bro. No, good I, was, times, I was very, very fortunate. Even though the shit that I got into in Chicago, um, I know that guys like you and guys like Erlacher and Moose Muhammad, uh, you guys were the type of big brothers that a young uh, kid like me needed, man. I mean, I, like I said, I wasn't a bad kid. Uh, I just was, I, I got drafted back to my hometown and I was literally, you know, around a bunch of family and it just went off the rails a little bit. But I'm I'm very mm -hmm. fortunate that I had brothers like you guys uh, to kind of help rein me in and also talk to the coaches and it's like, I, I will take care of them. So that's mm -hmm. good. So, and, and, and finally, getting you out of here, uh, I want to talk about these two stud sons of yours at the University of Illinois. And I, and I Illinois, I want to know, um, so that's two great shots for you. Is it double the stress or double the excitement? It's both, right? You're a parent. Anybody's a parent. Uh, it's both. You know, one's a linebacker. One plays center like I played center. Uh, the fact that they love football, right? The fact that they actually want to play because, like, you know, you can't force them. No. Uh, and then we got to a point of where I was like, look, um, I, I, I we'll show you how to do this, but uh, I'm not going to go easy on you. Like, like this is the way – and if any time you think this is too much, let me know because I'm going to push you to where you need to be. Uh, so it's been it's been fun. They love it. Uh, they, you know, my, my the son, my center will call me, Dad, did you watch Rutgers nose guard? What do you think about blocking him? I mean, that's lucky, man. The linebacker will call me, Dad, uh, what do you think about the read on this play when the, when the running back's offset or he's one yard deep? What do you think's coming? And it just keeps you in it. So I get to train them at my gym. I have a private gym here. Uh, their friends come. I, I've trained a bunch of their friends who play in college now. Uh, so it's been it's been an awesome ride, man. It really has been. Now they're both of this, you know, I go to games and they're both there together, right? They're both on the same team, playing for Coach Bielema over at Illinois. So uh, we're blessed, man. We're blessed. We're lucky. I got four daughters after them. Uh, my oldest one now plays volleyball at Loyola Academy. She's, you know, like just last week, Tank, to be honest with you, on, on uh, Saturday morning, Loyola Academy won the Glenbrook tournament. My daughter them did. They beat Stevenson. We then went down and watched Josh and James and beat Iowa. Uh, my wife ran the marathon. So, like, it's just been a, it's just a good time right now. It doesn't mean every week's like that. Sometimes we do all losing, too. <laughs> you know yeah, I mean? so, yeah. Sometimes we lose it all. But but you learn, man. You learn from losing. You learn from winning. Like you, I love sports. I use it to teach my kids. Uh, they love it. They play it. And, and really, man, um, I couldn't be any happier with, with the way things are going right now. Good. Well, Brother O, you've been a big brother and a pillar in my life for a long time. Um, a, a player that I've admired and respected and uh, you came and you saw and you tackled a new kingdom. Thank you for being a guest on my show. Thank you for having me on this show, man. And, and you know, like, you know, the respect goes both ways. It goes both ways. And uh, I loved watching you play when you went to the Bengals and you're like, big old man, you, you told me on the field, you look, like you're getting, you look like you're getting slower. And I was like, you're right. I am. <laughs> <laughs> right on, man. Great, great to have you. All right, you. Thank you for watching Believe. You can find more great content at Believe.com. That's B-L-E-A-V.com. Do you believe?